Thank you. Good morning, church. I think that's a, that's a name for a group of people which is it's just unequaled, isn't it? Church has a brilliant, eternal, very strong sound to it. I like that. Anyway, it's good to see you. Um, very jealous of Rick going out to Goa, uh, as you can imagine. And uh, yeah, just hope all the very best for him. It'll be good. So this morning, I'm going to talk about the future. Now, if you think about the future, it's a big unknown, isn't it? Nobody knows what (laughs) the next ten minutes is going to bring. Um, (laughs) Let alone, let alone days and weeks and months. And invariably, if you think about the future and what could happen, there's a huge bank of uh, of thought that that is negative about the future. You've only got to turn on the telly and listen to the news, uh, of which most of it isn't news. It's all about uh, the uh, uh, people commentating on what they think is going to happen, which is a complete waste of time, because until you get there, you don't know. But anyway, they speculate on what's going to happen. Fortunately, we've got a better way of dealing with the future. Oh, and just to say, when I was thinking about that, it reminded me of the old Scottish guy on Dad's Army. Do you remember his favourite saying? (laughs) We are doomed. (laughs) Okay. We've got a lot better way of dealing with our future. I remember, I think it was Bryn Jones years ago, um, talking to about people who go to... um, uh, fortune tellers and so on. He, he said, "You don't need to do that." He said, "Ask God; He'll tell you." Uh, which is, which is really good. It's, it, it's great. Anyway, we as LWCC, as you know, uh, for months, probably years now, have been looking to God for the future. What's going to happen to us? We've been looking for a building for, oh, blow, how many years? Uh, When we were at Steepleview, we looked at buying the shop opposite, didn't we, or getting into there, and that's donkey's years ago. Um, And since then, we've been trying various to buy various places, and God has shut the doors on all of those. So the decision was taken that, uh, by our eldership that we wouldn't be, at this moment in time, actively looking for a building. So what do we do? Well, um, God has still got a future for us, even without a building. Um, but without that sort of sharp focus, what are we going to do? So a group of us got together to seek God. What are we going to do, Father? And if we look at... There's a scripture which I, which I really enjoy. Um, 
It's in Jeremiah, and it's Jeremiah uh, chapter 29. You'll know it very well. And it's verses 4 to 12. I'm going to read it out to you. It's the, uh, uh, this is... Um, it's headed in my, uh, my Bible, a letter to the exiles. So we're talking about the Jewish nation in exile in Babylon. And it says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. The God of Israel says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. And this is a bit surprising, really. Well, it surprised me anyway. He says, build houses, settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in numbers there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yeah, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. And this is it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Amen. That's for us. So, with that certainty, we met together to say, Father, what's the future for us? And God brought a prophetic word to us. And it was Isaiah 54, verse 2. Would somebody like to grab that for us? If you wouldn't, if you, if you could. Oh, long gone are the days when we bought Bibles. <laughs> Sorry? Isaiah 54, verse 2. And again, this is one that you'll probably know. But this was something which God specifically brought to us. Could you read it, guys? Yeah, please. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. Thank you. Enlarge the place of your tent. Now I don't know what that meant, what meant to you, but it could only be, hey, it could only mean growth as far as I was concerned. And that was reinforced by something else that uh, God brought uh, to us whether it was prophetic a uh, gift of knowledge or wisdom but God was going to add people to us and he identified three categories of folk 
that were going to come to us. The first was through new birth. Brilliant. We want to see that. The second was prodigals. Now, I have a problem with, with, uh, with any kind of label. Um, as Liz can only tell you many times because a label might mean different things to me as it does, it does to you so uh, um, what I identify as a prodigal is somebody who used to walk with God but for whatever reason has decided not to and we generally sort of think of prodigals as our kids uh, those people who are really close on, uh, to our heart but the story of the prodigal son um, uh, God was the father the son was anybody who's wandered away from him and come back so that was the second group and the third group were those Christians who were looking for a new home so we've got three groups of folk who were looking for us uh, who were going to, God was going to add to us and what did that mean for us? Well, it didn't at this time mean a new building. We've ruled that out. But God specifically has given those three groups to consider. So I set about thinking, what, how, what does God mean? We've got, we've got groups of people being added to us, and we've got to enlarge our tents, but it doesn't mean a new building. So what does it mean? And I set to thinking about, well... I think we need to look at how we're going to draw these folk into our, into our body, into LWCC. How are we going to do that? Supposing we had, I don't know, half a dozen new Christians come through the door one week. What are we going to do with them? Supposing we had half a dozen people who, who said, I, I used to be a Christian, but... I've, I've given that up, but God wants me to come back. How are we going to deal with that? If we had half a dozen couples, who, families who came in and said, you know what, I really think I'd like to join you here. How are we, how are we going to do that? How are we going to welcome that practically? How are we going to welcome that? And I sat um, to thinking about ways that we could do that because we're a, we're a wonderful, warm... Well, I, I think we are anyway. I think we're a wonderful, warm company of people an attractive body of people who well, I think are attractive uh, so so in thinking about those how could, we con how could we help these folk in their faith stroke relationship journeys and I thought of the following now, thinking about new birth who's coming in these folk have recently discovered that it's about relationship with God. At whatever level they come in, and if it's new birth, I don't know whether you can think back to when you were first saved. Uh, it's a long time to push my memory back, but there was an awful lot of stuff that I didn't know. Thinking about it, there's an awful lot of stuff now that I still don't know. But, you know, the fact that it's all about relationship. How do I relate to God? I know that now, but as a new Christian, how do you do that? Do you kneel to pray? Do you, you know, do you... Do you uh, uh, if you 
if you'd heard of a Catholic background, transubstantiation, I think, and all, you know, is, is that part of it all? There's a whole lot to lead these folk into. How could we do that? Well, I think my thinking was that um, it's about relationship. It's about relationship with God, and how can we help that along? I think the best way is for have a, to develop a relationship with somebody who knows, somebody of experience. So I'm asking you to consider, if we should go this way, would you be prepared, as an individual, to befriend a new Christian? Could you answer that? I'm hoping that a lot of you would say yes. But if challenged, would you do that? Recognising that, what would that involve? It would involve time, it would involve, you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of stuff. Would you do that? Prodigals. People who once walked with God. How would, how would we welcome those? How would we help those develop along their relationship with God? Well, I thought, well, probably the best thing to do would be a similar kind of thing, but somebody who's had that experience of being, um, of, of coming back to God, uh, knowing, is, is he, does he really accept me? All those things that I've done wrong when I was a son, how does that count? And again, again, uh, relationship, preferably with somebody who's had that sort of prodigal experience. So, is that you? Have you had that experience of walking away from God and coming back? And would you be prepared to befriend these folk? You may well be being asked about that. Those who are looking for a new home, how do we draw those into them, into our midst? We've had quite a few, quite a lot of folk over the years who after, after a few visits here have expressed a desire to join us. And what we generally do here is to invite them to take a belonging course. Now a belonging course that Liz and I have been running um, uh, can take as long as it takes really um, we generally meet with those folk and go through a series of six or eight uh, lessons if they're very new Christians or if they've been around for a long time um, we just want to tell them about how uh, about where we are where our understanding is in terms of God's uh, revelation to us, I guess. Now, I don't know about you, but my revelation of God has changed over the years. Um, how he operates with us has changed over the years as he shows me more and more. Um, and it's those times I realise I know less and less. But still, um, it's an ongoing thing, an ongoing relationship. But we, tell, we, we go through it and we tell folk um, what we've found, what we've discovered and how the church operates. 
So they, that's what goes on in our belonging courses. Suppose we had loads of people coming in like that. Would you be prepared to run a belonging course? Give up one night a week, but as well as that, there's the befriending uh, side of it as well. Would you be prepared to do that? Because if we get loads of people in, we're going to need to draw on you guys to do that. That's an open question for you. Another thing that people very often ask when, when they come to us is, do you have small groups? The answer is, yes we do. How effective are those small groups? I'm challenging you on this. What makes a good small group? Well, amongst, every, amongst anything else, in my mind, it's a commitment towards one another. It, it's a lot deeper commitment towards one another than we can have uh, on a Sunday morning when we get together. And I want to challenge you again. How committed are you to your small group, to the people in your small group? How often do you get in touch with them? Because if we haven't got a committed small group, we can't effectively draw new people in to something which probably isn't there, you know. We, we meet together and there's a, we're, we're getting together as numbers, but we're looking for more than that with small groups, aren't we? So I want to challenge you. How committed are you to your small group? And is it a group that is attractive, that could be attractive, to other folk. I'll leave that with you. Also, the other thing with going through the belonging group, just going back a bit, is that it takes a while, and that gives people chance to relax. Um, we don't know what their past has been, but it gives them chance to just unwind uh, and get to know God the way, in a more relaxed way. So it gives them a bit of time and doesn't rush them into joining with another church. So I, I, think, it's, I think it's very good on that. So, and my challenge to you with regards to small groups is, if you're in a small group and you're not, completely, and you're not committed to it, then maybe you need to find a small group where you can be more committed to the people there. Don't let, it, don't let it drift. Just go for it. So although I've took the, taken the three groups of people that God, uh, God led us to, or showed us, um, everybody is an individual. And I've identified those, how can we deal with this group, that group, and the other group, and thinking about that. But we're all individuals, aren't we? And... What suits one may not suit another. So it's, all, it's very much relying on the Holy Spirit for his wisdom and his knowledge and so on as to how to deal with these folk. But this is the future for us, guys. This is, God has said, this is the future for us. Um, not necessarily what I, my thoughts and things, but he is, going to, he is going to add to our number. So we need to look at how we're going to enlarge our tents. So,
Those three challenges that I, learned you, uh, I, I mentioned. One, could you befriend a new Christian? Would you be up for that? Two, have you got a prodigal experience that you could use to befriend somebody else in a meaningful way? And three, could you commit yourself to your small group? So they're the three things. We're going to, do, we're going to move on from that now into doing something specific about a group of people who generally aren't Christians but we've got contact with and my pretty young assistant over here is going to explain what we're going to do.